I go, well, it's a four. And Patrick goes, what? Four? What do you mean four? The football team's one in four. The football team was really bad. Hey. Hey, football team came around. I mean, they had a... They came around, not to round three, though, because they lost in round two. (laughs) Okay. So. (laughs) 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 Moving on. Welcome to season four, episode six of the 10-Minute Break podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today, we have a, a special Christmas edition of the podcast. You know, we've got a whole crew here. I think we've got seven people in the office right now. Um, I thought you were going to get it. Yeah, we have, we have seven. Uh, Mr. Flores probably come in. That'll be eight. Uh, I, I'm, I'm your co-host, uh, Roland Wagsback. I'm joined by the two other co-hosts, Killian Lyon, Patrick Dowd. What's up, up, y'all? And three special guests. Uh, I'm Will Sheridan. Uh, I'm Jacques Broussard. I'm Father Kevin Dyer of the Society of Jesus. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast today. It's uh, should be a fun episode. Um, Roland, would you kind of let us know what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk a lot about about Christmas. We're going to interview both Will Sheridan about his basketball and uh, his JIT, the Jesuit Invitational Tournament. Uh, he made the JIT all. He was the all blah blah blah. All tournament team. <laughs> he made the the JIT all, all tournament team. So we're gonna get we're gonna ask him for a preview all on the basketball season and how the season's gone so far, going in a district, and very similar to Jacques about uh, soccer. Then we're gonna go into some theology with Father Dyer. Hey, Roland, I got so oh boy. you know I've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh no, I've been listening to the podcast. First off. Okay, it's the ten minute break podcast. Well, yeah, I gave the podcast to a kid. I said, "Oh yeah, listen to this during your uh, ten minute break." He, he showed up to class twenty minutes late. So first off, okay, this ten minute break podcast is more like a you know forty five minute break podcast. Great, it must have been the greatest twenty minutes of that kid's life, though. You know, it's listening true. to this this material. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then yeah, I've been uh, I've been expecting a little more Jesus. I thought this uh, I thought this start is uh, you know supposed to be a little bit more Jesus. Uh, that's, that's why we have you today, Father. Uh, okay, <laughs> we need a little Jesus in our cast. We do. All right. Well, uh, I guess diving into the first topic, uh, Sh- Will Sheridan, uh, basketball player, star. He uh, had a great um, and and jit. student council vice president. Student council vice president. He had a great jit. Why don't you kind of just let us know how that tournament went? You know how you were feeling. Um, we went one and two in the tournament, uh, <laughs> uh, but our, our two losses were to two really good teams and we had just gotten the football kids back. So we, we'd only had a couple practices together. So it was a fresh team kind of just threw everybody in there. So it was a pretty good tournament for us. Um, we've got another tournament, uh, in Chalmette today, tomorrow and Saturday. So some more good teams. Hopefully we face St. Aug in the finals. But uh, all around, we're looking really good. Uh, a lot of Jack Lowe, Josh Washington coming back. Um, they've been both been playing really well. And a lot of youngins coming back too. And how do we feel going into district in January? Um, I think district is very, very winnable uh, for us this year. Um, other than Carr, the new addition, I think they should be pretty solid. Uh, St. Aug's going to give us a run for our money, but um, everyone else I think is, is beatable, and I think we are the best team in district, so I think we should take that home. I like it. I like it. 
I feel like this year uh, the team has a lot of depth in their lineup. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, so we have we also have a lot of young kids like uh, Jasper Parker, Jacob Washington, uh, who should be able to help. We, we just have, like Killian said, a, a really deep lineup. Probably for the first time, I mean, Coach Jennings usually doesn't play more than like seven people a game. I know everyone here knows that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very confident when I say we have at least like ten kids who can contribute in a game, um, every game no exceptions I mean really well-rounded um, everyone's been played together before um, so the team's looking really good we got good chemistry it's only going to get better from here so I mean you know talking about that I know there's a, a lot of seniors and that kind of make up the base of that team you know I mean how do you how does it kind of different you know having so many veteran guys when maybe in years past you've had only one or two seniors on the lineup yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, not only because the because the senior pictures during picture day went pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. So this is gonna be good coming out. But uh, it's just a lot of leadership with kids who have been around a while, know how things go. So uh, the foolishness, while it is still there, is kept to a minimum. So we get a lot of work done. And it's just you know, it's like all of us have played basketball together. All of us seniors have played basketball. All most of us all four or five years together at Jesuit so we know each other really well it's just a good team and uh yeah the chemi- like I said the chemistry's there so it's only going to get better from here and now moving on to uh an all district selection from last year uh Jacques can you give us a little preview of the soccer season hi I'm Jacques so so we had our first tournament uh last weekend in Lafayette and it wasn't our best showing I'd say but we didn't have everyone there. We went. We had two wins, one tie, one loss. We beat. We beat a good team from Miami, which was a big win for us. Um, it was a chippier game. Uh, the other team got red card. And uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, and the, he tried hurting me too. So, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, not, I know. Not yeah. podcasters. Yeah, and but he failed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say we have a lot of talent coming in from. Uh, something called MLS Next. Carter Dusang is coming back. Alex Patron and Connor Darcy. Uh, Carter had a really good tournament in California, and he got reached out to by Boston College, which is a D1 school. So we'll see where things go with that. And we have a lot of young talent on the team. Nick Dana and A. Nobletz, both amazing players. Question. <laughs> so uh, what team are most of the soccer players pulling for in the World Cup? Who they think is going to win? Well, we all had a party for USA, and then we all know how that one went. Oh, yeah. We uh, lost. So uh, from what I can tell, a lot of people are rooting for uh, Argentina with uh, Messi. One last dance, um, right? Yep. And I'd say I kind of want Brazil to win. They are favored, but I also like their team. They have a lot of young talent. Um, I also really like Spain, but they got kicked out by Morocco. Um, That's a rough. That was a that was a tough game. They could could not find the back of the net there. Yep. Uh, I also really like Portugal. What's this? What's this thing with uh, Portugal benching Ronaldo? I saw that. I was about to talk about that. He deserved it. Whoa! Okay, wow. someone, you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about one of the uh, argued greats, great of the game. Go! I, mean, I, I personally <laughs> don't know that much about soccer. Would you, would you like to ed- educate us, Father? Well, wasn't there the, the goal? There was a goal in the one game where the you know Ronaldo's teammate shot the ball. Ronaldo tried to head it, didn't head it, 
and tried to act like he did so he'd get you know the uh, credit for the goal. I mean, he's not a he's not a teammate. He's not a teammate. And hey, did you hear that the replacement for Ronaldo hat trick first game? There you go. That's got to stink. I mean, Ronaldo. when when Ronaldo when they benched Ronaldo, that uh, Portugal won five to one. And when Ronaldo played, the one goal he almost had, he was off sides for, so he really messed Oof. that one up. What player on the Jesuit soccer team would you say is the messiest? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh wow, wow, wow. Wait, wait, give me a second. <laughs> so far, we, we haven't had Carter, which I could say in past years, Carter would be our messiest player. <laughs> but if, so far this year, I'd say we got Nick Dana. He's scored, I think, four goals. Wow. And he had a hat trick in one game. And then we also have Blake Burmaster, who Blake. won our Player of the Month, which is something new the Jesuit team is doing. And Blake scored the winning goal for the East Jefferson game and our Grace game game. And he's always working the hardest, I'd say. So. Jacques, I know you kind of stay on the, the back line of the defense, but have you ever gotten, gotten a chance to put the ball in the back of the net there? I actually do have one goal in the season. Um, my coach has been moving me up to uh, center midfield. Wow. And um, I... The first time he put me up there, I scored. And then for a game we were down 1-0, he also put me up there, and I got an assist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Real impact player. Impact player. Another thing I'd say contributes to the success of the team is our captains, uh, Aiden Kuvion, Jacob Cabos, Carter. Aiden has been working so hard every every day. He... uh, He's made like spreadsheets for us and like goals of the game and everything like that. And he makes sure everyone's together every practice. And I'd say he's a big part of our success, especially how he talks on the field. And then I'd say uh, Jacob Cabos's passion for the game. Every day you see him out there working his hardest. So I'd say those two so far have proved to be very influential. Should be a good season for you guys. You know, moving to district play, are there any like, you know, big opponents? I know last year we had a bit of a heartbreaking loss in the regular season too. The, the team wearing the red and gold, but... Well, we didn't lose to Brother Martin. We tied Brother Martin, uh, and we lost to Rummel. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't... Still, are there any other teams you think that, you know, might serve as a show as a threat in district play this year? There's none, no one team that I'd say would stand out, but I'd say we need to take every opponent with the utmost, like, respect, I'd say. Because I feel like last year what we did was we didn't do that like against Brother Martin. We tied them 2-2, which we shouldn't have tied that game. We should have won that game. And so I think we need to go into every game with the mindset of there's a chance we will lose this game. We need to work our hardest. Well said, Jacques. Well said. Is soccer the sport where you are most likely to get surprised if you don't come in with your A game? So like compared to basketball, uh, you know, it seems like all of a sudden you get these scores in soccer where that shouldn't have happened, and the team just didn't show up. Yes, so one example would be in Lafayette, we're playing Acadiana, who previously isn't known to be one of the best teams. Very good at football, though, but probably not at soccer. They're not the best at soccer in the past, and I actually created a PK off off of a call the referee made that was questionable, and I actually caused the team to lose because of that PK, and we lost 1-0, so... That was our one loss this season so far. So I'd say there's a lot that could go wrong. So one mistake can just change the entire game. Unlike in basketball, when one mistake can lead to two points. 
Let's go in a little bit of a transition. We have uh, three student council executive board members here, and it's Christmas time. It's Christmas. So that means next week is Christmas week. What we got, guys? So I would like to say on Monday, one thing I'm really excited about is the the reindeer racing. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I'm also interested in the Christmas storytelling. Yeah, with the faculty. I've heard – Coach Scott Bain's father has agreed to uh, tell the students a story, a Christmas, no. a Christmas wow. rhyme. Yes, it's, it's going to be crazy. Are we, are we recruiting any other teachers so far? We, was at, we have a couple in the works. We have to yet. We're trying to get two more. They haven't agreed to it yet, but we're working on it. We'll throw Mr. AC in there. Mr. AC's not going to do it. <laughs> one of my favorite Christmas sco- stories is the Cajun Night Before Christmas. Okay. And one of my favorite things is uh, at City Park, or uh, whatever it's called, in the lights, City Park in the lights or whatever. Christmas in the Oaks. Christmas in the Oaks, that's what it's called. Uh, they actually have the light display for Cajun Night Before Christmas, and it tells a story. And so I'd say that's one of the top things I really like about Christmas. I mean, I know Christmas season is, you know, one of those seasons that a lot of people have different takes on. I think some people don't like the hustle and bustle of holiday shopping, and some people, you know, think it's the greatest, you know, two weeks of one's life anyone i mean I see get, some it's some interesting looks around. i get i get this feeling like when it's christmas as soon as december hit i i drove in my neighborhood I, you know the sun was down early i drove in i saw the christmas night christmas lights and it was just like i just got a wave of i want to say emotion like i just i just got so excited some people I, just don't i'm not saying i don't i'm saying some people just don't have the same thing you're saying you don't patrick uh, obviously not <laughs> i i watch hallmark movies on the daily hallmark is good through That's the years, stuff. I feel like Christmas gets more serious because you have exams the week before Christmas. That is true. It's fair. That's maybe, a big impact on Christmas. You know, maybe to solve Christmas that. is all about a season of giving. And if you want to give, give to the Hamster Fam's Christmas Drive. You know, a great organization that, you know, provides meals to um, less fortunate Close. people all around the greater New Orleans area. You can donate at Venmo at FamCorps. Hamster Fams also needs volunteers, so if you're willing to volunteer, just look up Hamster Fams and Hamsterfams.org and sign up to volunteer. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun and it's not too long. You mm-hmm. go there and you, you give your help that you can and then you leave. They, they they take all the help they can. Service hours, you need service hours? Yes, show up. service hours. And a cool shirt. Cool shirt. But uh one of the things about about this big Christmas season is some people think that in the in the in the liturgical year the season of Advent lasts right before Christmas. It's a season of preparation. It's more of a somber season. To the uh, to the priest who's sitting at this table, does this celebration of Christmas that sometimes happen even before Thanksgiving and before the first Sunday of Advent overshadow some of the preparation in Advent? I think people need to know their liturgical lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are the same people that are eating king cake throughout the year. Terrible. You know, you, you can't... You, there is a day to start eating king cake. It's January 6th, Three Kings Day. Yes. So, you know, we can have the Feast of the Epiphany on whatever Sunday we want to have it. I'm fine yeah. with that. But January 6th is Three Kings Day, and that's when Mardi Gras season begins. Then you can start yeah. eating your king cake. And then before January 6th, that's Christmas season, we should be uh, celebrating Christmas. Maybe... Maybe we should go the uh, the route of, you know, parents need to give their kids a present each day during the twelve days of Christmas. Oh, I so I have a question. When you when you say that, are you suggesting you know not a bulk gift giving on 
the 25th, but, you know, one, two. That's what I'm saying. I said maybe you can give a big – what do you think about this? So here, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe you can just get a big present on Christmas and then a few days of some of the smaller presents and then maybe toward the end, you know, kind of a medium-range present to round things out. I think, yeah, really kind of keep people in the spirit. I think once December 20, you know, especially once you get towards New Year's, people are like totally at a holiday. Christmas is over. So I think you know, it's, it's a, a great idea to try to keep people you know, engaged in the, in the holiday of the birth of Christ. See, you know, we thought last year, my friend Big George and I were thinking of bringing back the celebration of Twelfth Night. So Twelfth Night being the end of the Christmas season, January 5th, some people the 5th, some people the 6th, I would say January 5th, best time to celebrate Twelfth Night, and we wanted a Mardi Gras crew that would run on Twelfth Night, the crew of Epiphany, and oh, we had all kinds of ideas for uh, part of this, and I think we need to bring back Twelfth Night celebrations. I agree, but with school that day, it seems kind of tough to celebrate that holiday. Muses is on a school night. Muses <laughs> is a fun parade. It's a great parade. I mean, I personally don't think we should have school on Friday. Most schools don't. This is Jesuit, Jesuit High School. We're not day. like most schools. School. <laughs> I mean, a, a focal part of uh, each Advent is every December 8th is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is a very important feast in the in the United States. It's the pat- the Immaculate Conception is the patron of the United States. Jesuit High School was originally the College of the Immaculate Conception, which makes it our feast day as well, and it's also our first day. So today is today on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is the is the birthday of Jesuit High School. Yeah, it was it's crazy. You know, 175 years. We've been talking about this on the podcast a lot now, but 175 years of that same mass. And I'm going to say, might have been number one out of 175. That was a great mass today. It was a great mass. Oh, I was. I think it was really fulfilling fulfilling for us as seniors because, you know, at the end, uh, I was talking to Patrick about how loud that alma mater was. I mean, they goosebumps. Were, it was yeah. so loud. It, it was, was awesome. Really loud. It was a strong, it was strong alma mater. Maybe the strongest alma mater that I've ever heard. It must have been, must have been your return, Father. Must have, must have, you know, catalyzed that. I won't. It felt good to be back. I have to say, it felt so good to step in the. Chapel of the North American Martyrs. Uh, I was I was pumped up. So, Father, we we know you've been living in Denver. You you, you left Jesuit last year. What have you been doing? Nothing. I just been <laughs> I just been hiking, skiing. You know, just enjoy, just enjoying the mountains. Enjoying the mountains. That's basically it. No, I've been working for a group called Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. I've been the head national chaplain. And my work is doing a lot with the formation of the missionaries. So the idea of focus is to say, you know, look what's going on on a college campus. So many people lose their faith during that time, and it doesn't have to be that way. I know for for myself, my faith got stronger in college because of some of the Jesuits I met, the people that I knew. And so focus goes out, works with people in small groups. Instead of doing these big, huge things, they work in small groups, they try to make the gospel incarnate, meaning flesh and blood, and in these small groups teach people, how do you go out and spread the faith to, to other people that you know? 
And so I do a lot with spiritual direction, masses, retreats with the missionaries forming them. And it's great work. I love it. So you kind of, you help train the people who then go out to the universities and try to, you know, I guess, lead retreats and, you know, bring people into the fold. Yeah. And it's part of what I've been calling for years now, the master plan. Because even here at Jesuit, we noticed, you know, we're giving guys a good formation here at the high school, but often they're going to schools where there's little to no religious presence. They're coming back after, you know, two years, four years, you know, less mature than they were, you know, falling off the radar screen. Well, if you keep contact with guys during those years, everybody is going to benefit. And so what we're seeing is guys who've been involved now with focus programs at the large SEC schools, they're coming back, they're teaching, they're joining the Jesuits, they are becoming focus missionaries. So the reason I'm in town is I have this weekend the wedding for Shallon Fogarty, who graduated uh, my first year at Jesuit. I taught Shallon when he was a senior, and now he's a focus missionary in uh, South Carolina. And then the weekend after that, I have Ben Guerra, another Jesuit grad, went to Alabama, and then he worked at Texas A&M and Texas State, and so he's getting married at Holy Rosary down the street. So, you know, we're just seeing the way you just raise the floor for everybody. You know, college doesn't have to be a time where guys depart from the faith. It can be a time when they get stronger. Yeah, it's obviously some incredible work you're doing. And, uh, you know, how did you kind of, I obviously it's an it's a organization you're really close to. How did you kind of, I guess, you know, move into this position where now you kind of are hands-on with the, you know, formation of these missionaries from, you know, from the top level in Denver? It was a gradual process. In 2011, a guy that uh, I was actually a novice with him, he was a Jesuit novice for one year and then left and got involved with Focus. And so he invited me the year after I was ordained a priest to help out with their summer training. So that went on for a few years, and then they invited me as a part-time chaplain. So the last three years I was a Jesuit, I was part-time chaplain here, part-time chaplain with Focus, and then they sent in the request to our provincial asking if I could be made available to become the full-time chaplain. Since you've kind of left the, uh, the classic Jesuit, like high school, college teaching environment, has the teaching these missionaries like kind of filled that void for you? I would say so. I mean, it's, it's different. Like the, the thing I miss is a lot of the, just the goofiness of the in-between times. Some, something like this almost? Something like this. I miss this kind of stuff. I miss the, you know, the games, the, you know, the football games, the basketball games, and, you know, just some of those events, that community feel, especially in a city like New Orleans. I miss the city of New Orleans. I mean, this, this is the greatest. And so that part you just can't account for. But there's also a teaching component to my job. There's also the spiritual exercises. So there is part of that that's fulfilled by it. Almost, ah. almost as almost as interesting as you spraying uh, a whole group of classmen with water. I don't from remember the, that from the balcony, then walking by and going, "Well, those New Orleans scattered showers really mean something." <laughs> almost as fun as that are Christmas that. songs. And that brings us to part five of Killing's Concerns with your host Killian Line, with your co-host Patrick Dowd, Roland Waxback, and for the second time ever. Special guests joining this segment, Father Dyer, Jacques Broussard, and William Sheridan. Welcome. Welcome. It should be a great one. Kelly, what are we talking about today? All right, today, to celebrate the Christmas spirit, we're going to be talking about Christmas songs 
and whether they're fairly rated, whether y'all like them or not. And this is going to be more of an open discussion, so I'll name a few songs and y'all go ahead and talk about songs that y'all like or dislike. First off, I'm going to start with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. A uh, good song, but if you actually think about it, it's very sad. It's a sad story how he was he was cut off from the reindeer society because of his red nose. And they only they only asked him to to join Santa's Santa's sleigh because of his red nose in the end. But they were just using him for light. So it's a very sad, sad story, but a beautiful song indeed. It it's the classic comeback story. Yeah, but I don't. I think I get what Killian's saying. I don't. But I, a lot of kids listen to it, so I don't think anybody thinks that much in depth about. Yeah, it. Yeah, realistically, it is, realistically, yeah. the song. I mean, it's a. They're using him. They're it's using, a, yeah. Okay, him. whatever. If you look, if you look at the words of the song, whatever. It's honestly, I don't think it's that good of a song. It kind of mid. I think it's fairly rated. Ooh, it's, it's like it's it's song. a it's saying. a staple of the Christmas music. It's uh it's big. It's got the movies attached to it. It's like not that good of a song. I don't want to listen to it every day. I'll listen to it once a season. That's about as much as I can handle. Wow. I think I think Christmas needs a song like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because if you listen to it, pretty much everybody will go like, like a light bulb or reindeer games, like Monopoly, stuff like that. It adds to a fun... It's, I mean, it, it's it's a song for children. So they, can, they know these simple phrases. They sing along. They're kind of improvising, having fun. I mean, no other Christmas song is like that. We don't, think, need, we don't need this and Frosty the Snowman. It's just so redundant. They're both excellent Christmas movies. It's important to have good I, They're Christmas great movies. Christmas movies. I'm not saying they're bad Christmas the movies. They're great Christmas movies. Songs are not that good. I think songs Rudolph, are good. I think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. is a good song. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's up there with some of the other but, songs in Christmas. But Can we can we talk about like some real Christmas songs? Okay, I got you. Okay. So like some stuff that you know really has... 12 Days of Christmas? I, know, I, know, I mean, it's a good staple song, but it's oh, not... What is with this? You always have like these views that are just <laughs> opposite of everybody else in this podcast. I'm sorry I'm a contrary. I'm sorry I have my own views and I'm not just a follower. I'm as a sheep. A, I'm not a sheep. As uh, Father Dyer said about Christmas is 12 days. We need to celebrate all 12 days. And I feel like the 12 days of Christmas is a good reminder of it. And Father Dyer even brought this up. A gift every day of Christmas. You're making you're making connections, trying to validate your point that has it's that is really is not that point was not good. Okay, so I mean, let's let's stop talking about these these classic, no. you know, not that good songs, you know, musical pieces. Let's talk about some real music. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. Yeah, it's okay. Excellent song. <laughs> Wasn't gonna go there, but I, <laughs> if, we're, if we're on the topic now, realistically, that song is amazing. It's very it's good. Way overplayed. So I'd There's say it's, it's fairly rated. I think it's a great song, but I don't think it's the best song. Name a song you like then. Yeah. I said good I like point, that song. Point, I just point. said that. Well, then why are you hating on it? Because it's played too much. Like, I, there's a reason it's overplayed. I can. I think. I think Last it, Christmas is a better song. I think Let It Snow is a better song. White Christmas. Maybe White the Christmas. greatest that, Christmas it. album of all time is the Very Terry Christmas. Excellent. <laughs> that album is. Excellent. And maybe the greatest song on the album is Good King Wenceslas. Once you've heard <laughs> Brother Terry Todd sing Good King Wenceslas, there's no going back. There's no going back. One of my greatest Christmas presents of all time was I was in the uh, the prestigious homeroom 808 with, uh, at the time, Brother Terry Todd and, and uh, Coach Sanjay. And Brother got us all a CD of A Very Terry Christmas. For Christmas, and it was 
It was the greatest lesson of my life. The amount of excellent features on that album is insane. I mean, you have you have Miss Merritt coming in for some songs. It's, it's just it's just an excellent album. Once you receive that as a gift, you're a Blue Jay for life. It's true. Where can I'm I not, I've never it? never gotten it. I've never gotten it. Oh, you, it's not something you can just go and get. It's something that you have to find. It's something you have to receive. I like the Vince Guaraldi trio. That is that Charlie is Charlie Brown album. That is that's my go-to right now for when I study. I just put on I put on that album. The only thing I think there's a song on it, Green Sleeves. That is the only song I skip. But other than that, it's just an excellent album. Has uh, anybody seen uh, on December 23rd the the Philadelphia Eagles alignment uh, are releasing a Christmas album? I think that's gonna be amazing. I listened to a sample. It sounded it sounded actually really good. Jason Kelsey, he's a no Jordan Mylata. Yes, my my. You know what I'm talking about? A fellow left tackle, excellent. He crushed it. You, fun, you know the sample I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Fun Christmas fact: sample. he was on the uh, the mass mass singer and made it like 12 episodes into a season because he was such a good singer that they just couldn't guess who he do, was. Do they count the tight end as the O line for this? The tight end, their uh, tight end is a graduate of Regis Jesuit, Jack Stahl. Great guy. Really? Ooh. Are you talking about the Eagles? Mm-hmm. They also have Dallas Goddard. He got hurt. Kind of sold my fantasy team this year. But Same here. Jack Stahl, great guy. Great he guy. He a grad. <laughs> okay, how about this one? A lot of people hate this. But I'm going to say, I think one of my favorite Christmas songs, so underrated, Snowman by Sia. Oh, that's a great song. That's a great song. That's a good song. That's amazing. I'm sorry. No, yes, you got it. It's such a good song. I knew that whole song. It goes like, that I'm undefeated. Because I'm Mr. Snow till death do we freeze or something like that. Yeah, no, it's a good song. I've never heard that song. I don't care. It's such a good song. I wish I wish we could play it right now, but I don't I don't think we can do that. Copyright issues. Maybe maybe we'll throw it in there when we're editing. We'll see. Maybe next podcast we can all sing it. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, so I think now we should come up with a, you know, a kind of a ranking. Let's make three songs. We need top three. Okay, top three. All right. Oh, everyone's making the top yeah, three. No, just, we're gonna go as a group. Okay. As a group, well, I think. Three. I mean, Patrick was really hating on it. I know it's like a pop song. It's a newer song, but as many times as I've heard "All I Want for Christmas," there's not been one time where I've listened to it and been like, "I want to turn this off." It always, it never fails to make me happy. And then on that note, I would say an underrated song that probably none of you will agree with me on this is uh, Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. That entire album is fire. That is. Yeah, I just think that's a really good song. It is. It, I, I'm going to say, I don't know about you guys, I think newer Christmas songs, like the, the poppy ones, I personally like them better. Like when I'm no. listening to them. It depends, on the, like mood, it depends no. on the mood. See, I like Carol of the Bells. To me, that that's got to be a top three. I also I also love Jingle Bell Rock. I think that's a classic. I love that is that a great song. song. I have a little snowman that shakes its hips at home that plays <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock nonstop. So uh, yeah, that song's ingrained in my head. I love that song. I think I think that's one of those songs that nobody dislikes that song. How can you? So should we throw it in the? Maybe we can. Well, we we don't have to make the list just yet. Chestnuts roasting on an open <laughs> fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Though it's been said, many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Written by the Velvet Fog, Mel Torme. Popularized by Nat King Cole. Great song. I do like that song. I mean, that song is the Christmas song. 
yeah. is the name of the song. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's Christmas. It's just that's such a good song. So, and, all right, let's let's take a vote. I, okay, everyone, go around. Number one Christmas song. Rolling first. Oof. Um, yikes. This is this is a very hard question. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't ready for that. What if we do yeah. a top? Everyone top three. All right, just give me three, like real quick. Three. Rapid fire. Real, I mean, I three. A, um, I'm, I'm going. Oh, Tannenbaum by uh, Nat King Cole. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, this Christmas, and um, I'd have to go. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. I would say, uh, in no particular order, all I want for Christmas is you, Jingle Bell Rock, and Christmas song. So that's my top three. Oh, this is very hard. Uh, all I want for Christmas has to be up there. Uh, underrated, kind of for like when you're kind of just in a mood to hang out and chill, driving at night. Starry Night, maybe. Not bad. I don't know. Kind of, kind of hits different. Might be an invalid take. But then I would say, um, no one's gonna invalidate you, Killian. You're welcome to make whatever take th- you this want. This is your segment. That, that that is true. And then, oh, White Christmas is pretty good. So this is my personal top three. I got Lil Saint Nick by the, by the Beach by Boys. Beach Boys yeah. Um, Christmas time is here. Charlie Brown. Ooh. Little Drummer Boy. The oh, Justin Bieber version I or no? About all the Justin Bieber. Songs. Not the Justin Bieber version. <laughs> I do have to say the uh, Little Saint Nick. It's always funny because I think the second line is "Christmas comes this time each year." Yep. And I think that is just a funny line because it, it's obviously I like true. That line. All right, Father, let's see. A Christmas song. Once in Royal David's City. Wow, that's a new one to me. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know about that one. All right, so one thing you have to do during the Christmas season is watch the King's College Christmas concert. So it's the King's College Boys Choir. They always begin it with... You know, like this sixth-grade boy singing the first verse to Once in Royal David City. And beautiful, beautiful. And finally, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Adeste Fidelis. Oh, come all ye faithful. Always the way to start out Christmas Mass, Adeste Fidelis. All right, my top three. I, oh, man, everyone's staring at me. This is not ready for this. Um... I'm gonna go Snowman by Sia. That's my number one. That's valid. Um, mm. No one said this yet. Andrea Baricelli. Bocelli. Bocelli. I don't know. Noel. He goes off. Noel. Like that. It's crazy. And then my number three. Man, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna go uh, classic. I think Last Christmas, you know. Last Christmas, great song. I gave you my heart. I want to say the very uh, next day, I gave it. You gave it away. A song uh, that that maybe we haven't brought up. I think it's one of my favorites. I might get some hate for this, but I think "Mistletoe" by Justin Bieber is, is a great song. Uh, I don't know Never what you heard of, it. Think of that song. It's uh, it, it kind of it goes. Um, I can't. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly the song. I just can't. You know. No, I'm just saying. I mean, I it it is. It's a pretty good song. Uh, <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like I knew it, but I just. Hey, uh, have we gone over ten minutes yet? <laughs> Probably. A I, long. I don't think so. That was a long time ago, Father. Oh wow, this is this is by Father, far the longest. You're going to be so a little late to class today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, can you want to wrap us up? 
for this, this segment. This concludes uh, part five of Killian's Concerns. Make sure to come back next time. And once again, listen in. Thank you guys for listening to season four, episode six of the 10 Minute Break podcast today. You know, we've had a, a great crew in here today. We've had we have Roland. Hey guys. Sheridan. Yep, it was an honor. <laughs> Killian. So, Jacques. Thank you. Father Dyer. And of course, myself, <laughs> uh, Patrick Dowd. And so, well, thank you. You know, listen on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And would anybody like to. Uh, Issue a concluding statement of this episode. Go Jays. Go Jays and Merry Christmas.